0: We are back, episode 68, 68, no debate, we feeling great, we feeling great, welcome back to another episode of Goodnight Harlem, I am your host Law with this
1: is Avia,
0: aka Avi Gots, in case you didn't already know,
1: What's
0: Gots if you're nasty, Hey. <laughs> 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 Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to focus on doing almost a reaction to something because we never really do reaction content. And by reaction content, I mean us having watched or consumed something and giving our feedback on it. In this specific instance, one of the top trending videos right now on Netflix is uh, the dr-
1: social dilemma.
0: The, <laughs> the social dilemma is a drama, drama documentary, drama, dramery. Dra, I don't even know. Dramentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, it's Are basically you that. This up? No, no. What that's doing. what they were calling it.
1: It's called a drumentary.
0: Something like that. I'm not no, even making that up.
1: I didn't feel like it was that dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> the po- <laughs> On my levels of drama. That's like a. Th-
0: Anyway, the point is, um, Netflix put out a a documentary that was mixed with um, uh, film footage where what they wanted to do was give their perspective. And they brought a lot of people on this documentary that were previously working at some of the top social networks, whether it be Facebook, Pinterest, Google, um, Instagram, whatever. Mm -hmm. They literally brought on anybody they can get to talk about this. And they they wanted to talk about the actual quote-unquote dilemma with social media. And if you guys haven't watched this, please go watch the film before actually listen to what we have to say. But I think this is really crucial, especially at this time. Especially moving into the election cycle that we have coming in the next, like what, 48 days, 47 days, something like that. I know it's less than 50 days. So I said all that to say... When we talk about social media, everybody has their own level of consumption with social. Mm -hmm. Everybody spends however long they spend. I don't know what your favorite platform is, but my favorite platform by a mile is Twitter. Twitter is where... We know
1: that's your favorite.
0: Listen. Twitter is your
1: girlfriend.
0: Black Black Twitter is my wife.
1: I feel like black Twitter should have their own app. (laughs) Come on, Jack. What's going on?
0: Jack, you can make this happen anytime you want.
1: Separate but equal.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, so Twitter is where I spend a lot of my time. Now, people have made a lot of comments about Twitter and its destructive ways and how cancel culture has kind of illuminated itself through Twitter. But then when you talk about what's in this documentary, if you want to call it that, I think What they try to highlight is all the different perspectives and the ways that these social platforms try to, I don't want to use the term manipulate, but that's what they were leaning into.
1: Manipulate's pretty accurate.
0: (laughs) They want to keep engagement high on their platforms. They want to keep you using the platform as much as possible. One of the key major takeaways from this documentary was that if the product is free that you are using, then you, yourself, are the product. That was one of the things that was said. And if you don't know what that means, essentially, if we're giving you all these apps, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, any of these social media apps, and we're not charging you to use them, then we, on the other side of this, have to be getting something out of it, and you, as the user, are what we're getting out of this. What they're doing is going back to the marketing, marketing arms whether it be any advertiser or any brand, and they're basically saying, hey, we can get you X amount of eyes because we know we have this many people of of these different demographics and they stay on the platform for X amount of time and we can show them an ad from you. And it's basically using you to gain ad revenue, which, okay, In, in a sense, that's a fair trade. You don't have to pay for anything and the advertiser does. This is, in my opinion, the way broadcast should have worked forever. TV in itself, actual cable television. You shouldn't even have to pay for cable television if there's commercials on it. Why the hell are you paying You're for right. cable television? You're right. And there's, not a- think about it like that. If there's advertisements there, essentially the eyeballs should be there. But the thing is, Nielsen can't actually track who sees what and when and where and how many people of what background has seen it. Whereas social media, they know all your business. Is that wrong? Yes, our TV
1: isn't that smart then,
0: huh? Is that wrong <laughs> becomes the question, though. Is it wrong to for anybody to have that much information on you? And frankly, I think the minute we got into the online era, I want to say from at least 1997 on, like whenever the internet became what the internet is, this massive reach, I'm not saying that the mobile expansion didn't help this, but when the internet became what it is, they were able to track all your information back then. I don't think that this is any more different. The difference is when it comes down to mobile usage, people spend upwards to three hours a day on their social platforms. That gives all of each one of these platforms a ton of leeway to share all kinds of content with you. Mm -hmm. Which is the same thing that the TV advertisers were doing And nobody was mad about it then. But in this instance, I will own this. Misinformation is a big issue. So then it goes into, again, what platforms are you using? So, Avia, on your side, I know you're not as big on Twitter as I am. Like, I'm I'm in love with Twitter.
1: They actually said on the documentary, fake news travels six times faster on Twitter than actual real news.
0: I mean, because it's headline based. It's how do, you, how do you write something that's succinct and within X amount of characters to get somebody to actually go, oh shit, and retweet it? How quickly can I get you to get your eyes on what I have so and have have push that message out to somebody else? you have people
1: retweeting fake news and then you have people retweeting retweets and it's just like, it's just a whole chain. But that's it's a cycle. A, and so this, this is, I think... This, I mean, but that's not just Twitter. I'm not going to say all oh, Twitter. I was going to say that. the I was child.
0: Because <laughs> I was going to say every single platform in its own way does the same thing. So
1: Twitter is your boo. Um, is YouTube... Is that social media to you? Yeah. Okay. YouTube is mine. I literally put on a... <laughs> this is funny because I put it on an Instagram poll. I said, if you only had to have one for the rest of your life... Which one would it be? And it was between Instagram and YouTube. And for anyone who chose Instagram, I'm like, y'all dumb. (laughs) Like, I love, I love Instagram. I really, really do. But a lot of the things that you can find on Instagram, you can find in full length on YouTube. You know, like, there was, there was time limitations back in the day. You know, where if you had a video, it had to be less than a minute. So you're only seeing a snippet of an interview. Whereas YouTube had the full length everything. You could watch actual TV shows that you missed. You could watch The Breakfast Club. You can watch How to Build a House. Like, literally, you don't even need to go to college anymore. You could just go to YouTube and figure figure out life. Like, everything is there. So
0: in your, so in your opinion, YouTube is not only where you spend most of your time, you feel like you can get, it's like an aggregator, basically, in your opinion. It's the the ultimate aggregator for content i would
1: say that i'm on instagram more than youtube but i would i would choose youtube over instagram in a heartbeat i i think it's because i i like learning how to do things and i feel like instagram has that but it has a lot more of the bs and i can find myself in those bs holes on instagram where i'm like how do i even get to this person's page i don't even know this person but i know the person that follows them, but I don't really know them. They're just a influencer so, or something. I, and it, they, they were in the reel, or what, they were in my explore page. No, like it's what,
0: just like what Avia just just did sets us up for the perfect transition because within the social dilemma video, or should I say movie, one of the things that they highlighted and I think it's really it's really critical that we talk about this, is the idea that when the social media platforms are trying to keep you on their platforms, they will do anything with the algorithm to keep you there. So if they know that you've seen one thing from said comedian, they know that there's four or five other comedians that were within that same range that other people in that same lookalike model as yourself have viewed and therefore they're going to share you with that same content and they're going to keep trying to get you to keep going through the next one, the next one, the next one. And as long as they can keep you there, they can serve you more ads.
1: And YouTube was on that well before Instagram was. and Because you see those videos on the side that are just like the video that you're watching but it's just by a different person so you want to see their perspective now. You know so it's like the model that all these all these uh other social media networks are using they've been done before but i think that what instagram is trying to do is to create everything in one space right you know they're trying to take over youtube that's why they have the ig um what are they called ig live uh wait you mean stories just thinking of maybe i'm just thinking of like when you post videos But, like, they're they're trying to take over YouTube. They're trying to take over the Facebook. Um, Twitter is something I don't think they're they're ever going to get there. Like, Twitter is really its own component. And I don't know how Instagram will ever try and take that beast on. I
0: don't think... Well, Instagram is owned by Facebook. Facebook... Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) Facebook owns Instagram, uh, WhatsApp, and it owns IG. So... I don't think that they want to have anything to do with what Twitter is doing. I'm I think not that sure. they've they've set up things to be more like Twitter, like for instance hashtags. Hashtags only exist because they believe that that's something that functional, functionally they could share with their users and get people to go, "Oh, if I want to see all this aggregated uh, this aggregated content from one specific hashtag, here's where you get it." But when IG tried, and so this is when IG had already been bought by Facebook, when IG tried to use the platform the same way Twitter does, whereas you see a trending topics, blah, 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 it didn't really go over with the audience because that's not real. People aren't going there to see the the trending thing. They're going there to see what their other friends like. It really is truly like an environment of I need to have like-minded people. In my circle, a click. yeah. Whereas
1: Instagram is a mishmash of everything and everyone, but I, I just feel like ever since Instagram began, it was like its own thing, and it kind of came off a little Pinteresty-ish in the beginning. But then I feel like what does that mean? People were just posting pictures, just to post them. There was no, there was no necessarily. Um, there wasn't a strategy. I don't think there was a strategy <laughs> I really do but believe. But that's, that's also social platform. No, it is. I mean, there's um, uh, what's that one that no one really uses anymore? Not Pinterest, but it was the other one. This is gonna bother me now. Ah, uh, it was mostly pictures and, anyways. So, anyways, I just feel like there was less strategy. Like MySpace. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> um. People were just posting pictures just to post. There were there wasn't the hashtag thing. There wasn't any. Um, there wasn't an explore page. There wasn't like all this stuff. But then as more and more apps start coming out, Instagram really tried to capitalize on those markets. When Snapchat came out, IG had uh, Instagram stories. TikTok came out. Now they got reels. You know, and um, when they when they had the videos on IG, they like I said, they only went up to a minute. Then IG realized, hey, people want to see longer videos. They're trying to capitalize over the whole YouTube thing because they got, they got IGTV now. You know, so it's like IG is really trying to become the, the Mr. Pac-Man of all these other social media sites. It's quite clear.
0: And I, do you know what bothers me, though? Like, when we, when I was watching the The Social Dilemma, they were making it out as if there's this master plan of manipulation, right? And uh-huh. we both agree there is some manipulation there. They can get you to stay on the app, but the the idea that their sole focus is to, like, manipulate you to do something that you don't want to do, and that's not necessarily true. That it you really, don't want to do? No, but it, it really <laughs> is... it made me do it! It really <laughs> is about solely keeping you on the platform as long as you, they could possibly keep you on there. And so... If they really wanted to monetize off of you though, they could show you an ad every other post. They could show you an ad in between a story. They can show you an ad while IG Live is running. Like they'd be like, oh, here's a story. Here's a break for I a... think
1: that's where they're heading.
0: But no, but this is the thing. If if it was that important for them to monetize, they could be they could be showing you ads all the time and they're not. And I think that's a, that's one of those things where I'm like, it's a myth to say that there's this master like manipulative plan where they're just like, we're always selling. They're not always selling, they're strategically selling.
1: But just like you said when we had a conversation earlier, one person can barely see ads on their normal, you know, looking around on Instagram, whereas another person can see nothing but other people's posts with ads just like integrated all throughout on a constant basis. I can honestly tell you there's not one time where I'm, I get on Instagram and I don't see an ad. Whether it be in my going through IG stories, they've incorporated in, in between people's mm-hmm. stories, or just like in my feed, it, it shows up. But I think the thing about it is, like you said, these ads are so catered to what we like or what we spend time looking at anyways that we may not even register in our head that they're actually ads because we because we're biased towards what they are so if i've been on if i've been on amazon lately which i have <laughs> um or overstock i'll say is it overstock one of those is either overstock or wayfair but one of those they have incorporated now it's either the wayfair business account or whatever into my feed now which they never did before and everything is interconnected i understand you think that's that. a bad thing um, I think it takes away from the experience. Like, if you like the ad, you don't think it's a bad thing, right? But if you don't really... If it's not something you would ever plan on utilizing or you would have no interest in it, then you're like, why is this interrupting my flow?
0: So you think the way the, the Social Dilemma movie thinks then, it's intrusive.
1: I think it can be, but... Ev- but like, what's but, intrusive but listen, about... Every, you we, we already declared this. Everyone's social... Um, social media experience is different. So what you're seeing, what I'm seeing may not be the same thing. So if I'm saying it's intrusive for me, yes, that's very like subjective, but also you don't know how much I'm seeing. Whereas you may see an ad every two times you get on IG. But I get on IG probably way more than you because you get on Twitter more. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure Instagram recognizes how much I get on IG so they feel more compelled to incorporate these ads into my experience as opposed to you because you're probably busier on Twitter. So
0: going back to like one of the core things from it was around the, the amount of consumption.
1: Mm-hmm. How on- Tumblr, sorry to interrupt your point. I a, this is bothering the heck out of me. Tumblr. Instagram started off as like a Tumblr. Go ahead. It was just I had I had to figure that out. I'm like, oh, what's it called? Go ahead. I
0: don't agree with you on that at all. I felt right?
1: like it felt very Tumblr-ish without the poems and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, in terms of consumption and and just length of time that you're on the apps, how how much time do you actually believe that you spend on any one of the given apps? And do you do you think it's an issue, how much time you spend on it?
1: Um, facebook I spend zero zero hours on Facebook. Wow, Facebook has become the auntie grandma cousin location it is very family oriented let's keep in touch with the people we barely see and you know randoms just want to not rams i won't say that but people that you haven't spoken to in forever just have to dm you when they see that you're active
0: and yeah I, it, it goes ah, back to what i said i hate it Face, facebook <laughs> killed the need for any reunion
1: i never went to my high school reunion i don't
0: need a high school reunion i don't even need a family reunion i know exactly what you did with your snotty nose ass kids
1: oh i know who got divorced three times <laughs> all before the age of 28.
0: I know, like I, I'm aware. And if I
1: don't know, I can easily find out with a couple of uh, clicks. So trust and believe. Look through somebody's friends list. But um. That's
0: you with the badass kids, huh?
1: Right. It's so, <laughs> <laughs> so Facebook is zero. Twitter is very, it's very sporadic. I have Twitter bouts. Trust me, I do. But I realize how much Twitter really gets me into a hole. Because you're reading what you're reading. Then you're reading the responses. Then you're reading the responses of the other side. Then it's just like, it really is a deep hole that I know I could find myself in. well, so how I, much time do you think you spend on it? Per what, week? No, a day. A day? Oh, zero to, zero to 25 minutes. If that. If that. <laughs> if I'm on Twitter that day. I'm not on it every day. Okay. So, Instagram so is on, a different story.
0: So on average... Probably 15 minutes a day.
1: Yeah, sure. If you want to spread it out, spread out all the minutes and apply them every day.
0: All right, Instagram, what do you got?
1: Instagram is the one I use the most. Over YouTube? Yes, but like I said, I like YouTube more. Instagram is just more accessible to me because I don't have to worry about sound. I can do it really quickly. YouTube has a lot of ads, especially more now. Um, YouTube, I get on when I'm looking for something very specific, or I, the, I'm just trying to find something in research, right? Okay. Um, and then I find find myself in a hole when I'm doing that. <laughs> so Instagram is more serious for me because I have it set to my phone where it tells me I've been on the app for an hour, <laughs> so I have an alert that tells me you've been on Instagram for an hour, and then great. I snooze or whatever. Absolutely great. Um, Pinterest has become a new one. Now with Pinterest, my coworkers were telling me about Pinterest years ago and I was like, literally, I don't need another app to be addicted to because I'm addicted to Instagram. I really just don't need n- another thing. And everyone was talking about how Pinterest can get addicting. I got on Pinterest and I didn't get addicted to it. I feel like I'm on it a very healthy amount, right? Okay. But not too much that it's impeding on my regular life. And that's really Pinterest is really a good place for inspiration and finding things that you've seen but don't know where to get them. Right. Um, so that's that's me. That's my spiel. What about you? Twitter twenty five hours for you?
0: No, because because <laughs> of my work schedule, I don't get to be on Twitter that heavy. But what's
1: what's not I'm, that heavy?
0: Um, I probably get to on a good day. I can go on Twitter for forty minutes. That forty minutes. Though, that's
1: you being disciplined, or you no. just not having time.
0: Me not having time. So
1: when you have time, then what is it total? Like
0: on a weekend, like if I didn't have to do anything, mm-hmm. at minimum two and a half hours, minimum.
1: I mean that's not that bad for. Tomorrow. I lo- no, but, but that's not straight, right? No. Oh okay. No, yeah. but
0: it's like over the course of like the day. I
1: mean two out of twenty four hours,
0: you know. No, but I, <laughs> if if it was up to me, I'd be on that some more.
1: I've said this before. People live on Twitter they do they live on Twitter like that is their full-time job and for some people yes but it this is, is the but... thing
0: though this is where again I feel like the social dilemma gets this wrong I'm on Twitter and I'm actually like I want to say six times out of ten being engaged because I'm learning something and I know how you just said there's disinformation on there I'm literally following reporters <laughs> I'm follow like I told you, like I break my Twitter feed up into multiple different things. I follow a group of reporters. I follow a group of sex workers. I follow a group of people who literally for a living are cop haters. Like that's what they, they hate the cops. Then I follow people who are conservative. And when I say conservative, I mean alt-right conservative. Mm-hmm. Like QAnon shit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm interested in just, different perspectives different takes on things and the disinformation part of it i want to be able to compare the disinformation to the people who have legitimate information but
1: that's exactly what that 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 one woman i forgot her name on the documentary said she said in order to have like a full scope of what's actually going on you have to purposely set out to follow people that have opposite opinions of you Or else, social media is going to create a hub for you to only see one side. And
0: that is a problem. I don't want to... I don't want... I actively have sought out different perspectives on things. And I give Twitter that. It is giving me that on a platter. Yeah. Whereas IG, I'm not hearing people's opinions as much as I'm just seeing the the behind-the-scenes footage. Because I only really watch stories. I don't even look through the feed like that. Oh, really? I give you, I give like three or four swipes up to see what's happening, and might like a couple of things just because I'm a nice person. So you're
1: more interested in seeing what your friends are doing as opposed to seeing the majority. Do you, do, you do
0: realize the majority of people use IG and look at stories over the timeline? That's like how the platform works now.
1: Interesting though. Because when I when I post a story up, it shows way less people looking at my story than the people that like my pictures. So I don't know how that works. Algorithm. Not way less, but algorithm. But if you one thing that IG does also is that if you watch or engage with certain people, they will always put those people's stories first. And I purposely... And that's have to, the algorithm. I know, which is stupid, but I purposely have to swipe all the way towards but the it, end of the line just to is see it, people I haven't but seen. But is it
0: stupid if they know you want to see these I people more want, often?
1: No, I don't want to. It's just that the algorithm has created that for you, me. You
0: It created it for you based on your past behaviors.
1: Listen, <laughs> if I have a friend... Name tina and i have a friend named amanda and another friend named sarah and every time i get on IC, ig stories sarah and amanda are first just naturally they're the first ones to pop up and i watch their ig stories over time if ig is putting sarah and amanda first when would i see tina they they have They do control this. It's not just me. It takes two to tango in this, you know? So if I'm scrolling to look for for Tina and I find her and I make an effort to look at Tina's stories every day, maybe she will then show up with Sarah and Amanda. You feel me? But I have to go out my way to hack the algorithm. And that's what I am not into. That just takes too much effort. So wait, you never told us the the rest of the social media platforms, how long you're on them.
0: IG, I was, I was actually going to look this up now, but normally, on average, I don't spend more than like three hours a week on IG.
1: Okay, so IG to you is Twitter to me.
0: Damn! Yeah.
1: 15 minutes, you know, 15 yeah, minutes for you. I pretty get, much. I, I, that I sounds guess. about right.
0: YouTube is where... I definitely am on YouTube more than I'm on everything. But YouTube just plays in the background. Mm -hmm. I have YouTube on the TV.
1: He's like, I'm just paying people left and right. Or getting people paid. No, but
0: YouTube for me is my TV. Like, I don't have cable. Mm -hmm. So YouTube works as my, like, everything. News, source, whatever. So it's just playing.
1: Do you pay for the YouTube that doesn't show commercials? No. How much does that cost? I never even looked into that.
0: Ah. I don't remember off the top of my head because
1: what youtube is doing right now is very reminiscent of spotify and they are really trying to capitalize on making money off of something that's been free for who knows how long when i first had spotify i could listen to songs seamlessly out there would probably be an ad every hour maybe and then it got to a point where it was like Every two songs an ad, every other song an ad. Like it was just, it was just too much. Because if I'm in the gym and I'm working out, I that ad is interrupting my my reps and my sets, and like I don't want to listen to that. And eventually, it got to the point where I started paying for Spotify. I'm like, well, I use it every day. I feel like it's a good investment. Whatever. YouTube is becoming that.
0: I would never pay for Spotify.
1: Well, that's you. So <laughs> YouTube is super. You know what YouTube's really good at? and this is what I hate about YouTube, even though I love YouTube, you will be watching a video and YouTube knows exactly where to put the commercial. If it's like a tell-all video, and so, let's say so-and-so came out about a celebrity, and they're like, yeah, and then Chris Brown did, hey, have you ever been to da-da-da-da-da? It's just like the, the commercial comes right at the time where you're about to hear what you wanna hear, and then you're like, are you serious? I gotta sit here for 30 minutes, now I gotta play skip ad for this one. And if you don't play skip ad, if you don't hit skip ad, the commercial just keeps on going. It doesn't even (laughs) stop for you, like when it's Uh... over. So, I hate that. And I think that that is a very disruptive experience. It is, and that's probably part of the reason why I don't get on YouTube as much as I would like to, because it's just like, ugh. Hey man, I, don't even, I don't even have the patience yeah, for Yeah, but
0: you don't represent the whole because I doubt majority of people feel the way you do about YouTube. Like, they would change it if the majority of people felt like you did. They would absolutely well, change
1: that's it. That's because... That's because people are moving on to these other apps.
0: YouTube gets some of the largest... In terms of length, that people are on and YouTube gets the biggest share of that pie.
1: But that's the thing. Because it has long
0: form content.
1: People are willing to put up with the shenanigans they're pulling right now because some of the content you get on YouTube, you can't really find anywhere else, depending on what it is you're looking for. If it's TV shows, yes, I know you could watch them on Reddit, but if it's something else, some of that is just only on YouTube. So it's just like you're willing to put up with that to see what you're there to see.
0: Let me let me ask you this, though. We we talked about this before, um, not on the pod, but like just person to person. You have actually done something that they did in the actual film. And in The Social Dilemma, one of the characters uh, is tasked with not using their social media device and or just their mobile phone for a full week
1: and they failed now (laughs) i want to
0: ask you when you did this what spurred it and then how long were you able to not use social like on when when we say not use though i mean you didn't look at a notification you didn't see anything like tell us how long you actually did that for Well,
1: before i get into that One question I had for you was, do you have notifications for all your apps or just certain ones?
0: I have notifications for everything.
1: I think that notifications is another thing that leads people to these apps more than they would naturally want to be on these apps for. Because like like in the documentary, the notification is the reason why that guy broke his week-long hiatus from being on social media because he got a notification that ticked him off and he had no choice but to look at it right so i don't have my notifications on for anything and that's on purpose because i already know if i'm already addicted to something and i know that if i had to choose one it would be instagram (laughs) the last thing i'm going to do is to feed the addiction. And feeding the addiction is making it easier for me to become even more addicted to the thing I already know I have a problem with. So if I have a notification every time someone DMs me, someone likes something, someone does this, that is going to drive me to remember to, oh, let me go check this out and see, I don't need to do all that. I'd rather get on the app and just be surprised. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. So that's that's my my line of discipline. So when it comes to what you're asking me, I... I was not on Instagram throughout the whole time during Lent. So like we've we said before, I was raised Catholic and I don't practice Lent every year. But last year, 2019, I was like, you know what? I want to see if I can actually do this. I want to see how, how much does this influence my life. And so I decided I'm going to pick the app that I'm on the most, Instagram, and I'm just not going to be on it. So, what I did was I deleted the app from my phone. I did not deactivate my account. I did not do all this other extra stuff. I just deleted the app from my phone. And I have to tell you, that first week was the toughest week. Ha! It was the toughest. Okay,
0: let's let's dig into this. What made it tough? Was it just simply that you were itching to see what was going on? Or was it more so a... uh, I'm bored.
1: Oh no. I'm never bored.
0: <laughs> I am She's not I, bored in the house because she in time the house I was bored.
1: bored. Was probably when I was a child. Like I I don't I have so much stuff that I want to do and that I need to do. I'm never that will never be a reason for anything. Um it's just um I felt like the biggest case of FOMO. Like you talk about fear of missing out, you get on one of these apps and you see all your friends someplace and you're like, Oh, I wish I was there i'm like literally like i don't even know what's going on i can't even see where somebody is right now i can't even see what's happening right now i can't even see what's popping off in the shade room right now what are the things that are trending right now what's the news what's the news so that whole week i literally went to different events and i remember one event I was on snapchat because like i said i only got rid of instagram because that was the b- biggest problem for me i was on snapchat and what i do is i'll take snapchat videos save them and post them on my instagram stories because i just feel like snapchat videos are just way better and my video camera is a little messy so i was at this event you know doing the whole snapchat thing saving the video and then i was like oh i can't i can't post this anywhere. like i literally went to the place where instagram once was It was like this empty space and i was like oh shoot oh okay but what it did was and you know after after a couple of weeks because like i said lent is 40 days for anyone who doesn't know and i never got on instagram not one time um, my friends had to fill me in on so many d- different things but i also got on Twitter. And because I'm not as addicted to Twitter, it was fine. It was like, okay, well, I'm learning different things now, you know, whatever. But I have to say that doing this experiment, and I ended up lasting for, I think it was like 50 days. I think I I went on for at least like a week and some change after Lent ended. Because by that point, I was like, I've been off of it for this long. Like, what's another 10 days? And then really the only reason I got back on it was because I wanted to promote my Bleach by Avia line. And I didn't know if someone had DM'd me about anything, and I didn't know if it was gonna be like a bad business business experience, if they reached out to me and they got no response. So that was really the only reason why I got back when I did. But one of the things that I noticed, and I, I, I love this, I was just more present. I was way more present. I had more time overall. I had way more time. Instead of right before going to bed looking at Instagram, I was doing other things. Instead of waking up and going to Instagram, I was doing other things. When I was out and about, that's when I felt like it affected me the most in a positive way. Because I would actually notice when people were not present. Because that's how present I was by default.
0: So, so this is the thing. This is why I think this conversation is so interesting to me. One, I genuinely believe the average person is their own worst enemy when it comes down to how they interact with other people. And what I mean by that is, we blame social media for a lot of shit that has nothing to do with the actual applications in themselves. Yes, there is a, a, a quote unquote, a, a bit of manipulation to keep you on the platform, however, I do not at all all subscribe to the idea that you don't have choice or agency in whether or not you use that application. I also don't subscribe to the idea that when you're around a group of people, you again, don't have enough agency to say, hey, I'm just going to be present with you. Like, my mom, the way that she raised me has made it such that when I'm in a group of people, I'm actually engaged with the group of people. I don't know how other people were raised, but it's never been something where you, although we didn't, I didn't grow up in the cell phone era per se when I was younger, we would have never, we would have never disrespected the audience we're around to be on a device. Mm -hmm. It just wouldn't happen. like, it'd be like pulling out your Game Boy in the middle of a conversation with all your best friends. Like, no, why am I doing that?
1: But we didn't, we didn't have... We didn't have it like they have it now.
0: No, but I'm, I just gave you an example of something I could have done when I was little, and I yeah. wouldn't have done that. Why would I do that? I always subscribe to being kind of in the moment. So we have a people problem, in my opinion. We don't have a technology problem as much as we have a people problem. So when you also talk about the way people interact with one another because they, they stay on social media for so long, I'm like, again, you made a choice. You decided that you were going to just remain on the application and kind of not pay attention to what's happening around you or try to befriend others around you. So it could potentially lead to you being a little bit more siloed and introverted because for whatever reason, you've allowed this device and the platforms and applications on the device to take your attention away from what's happening around you you made a choice though i don't know that you could just go oh it's the it's the social media companies that are doing this to us no it's this and then the last part of it is around the misinformation part of it yes on social platforms it's easy to push out misinformation but where the fuck does the misinformation come from people other people and other the people product. and other people have been doing that for years.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: In real life. It's just now, instead of just reaching sixty people, you can reach thousands. I don't know.
1: I I think that um the, the people problem that we have is that people don't have discipline. That's really what it boils down to. They do That's not true. Eat... Look at the credit card industry. Right. So anything, the credit card industry, any other addictions that people have has translated onto this industry. It's funny, they said said in this um, documentary, they said, there's only two industries that call the people within them users. It's the drug industry and the technology industry. (laughs) I'm like, what does that say? What does that parallel say? Because just like people are addicted to drugs, People are addicted to technology and what it does for them. I think that the discipline aspect of it is funny because I have a friend, one of my good friends, he will get off of Instagram and get back on. But when he he gets off of Instagram, he'll deactivate his account or delete his account or whatever, and he goes through, through that extreme and then when he feels like getting back on, when he feels like, okay, you know, I can handle what I'm about to see, because, you know, Instagram could be just a flood of just everyone just showing their best life. And it's just like, it wears on you emotionally if yep. you're following the wrong people. And so whenever he feels the need to or, or ability to like get back on, he gets back on. And I can tell every time. But it's like, bruh, you don't, you just don't have the discipline to just delete, delete the app like just delete the app like why do you have to go through the extreme of deactivating your account but that is a discipline level where that person knows if they delete the app they will be more likely to add the app back on and get back on they have to go to that next level um What I thought was also interesting about this doc is how many of them said they do not let their kids touch social media with a 10-foot pole. None of them, not any one of these social media professionals said that their kids get any sort of screen time. They are so anti, and I think they're traumatized by what they know, and they don't want their kids to become technology zombies. And that's real. So to your point about there's a people problem and there's the problem of we wouldn't disrespect other people when we were younger by getting on a Game Boy in the middle of a conversation. I'm wondering how much this generation, Generation Z or anyone within that realm, or even some people in our own generation, how much they have people skills. Because some of them have played internet bully their whole life. When it comes to real-life interactions, where is that? You socially inept in that, in that department. Like, you just don't have that. And how does that translate to other things, like job interviews or, or, or speaking to public speaking or anything like that? You know what I'm saying? So it's like now people have an issue interacting with each other in real life, and that's what we did when we were younger because that's, that's all we had. Right. We played outside after school. We didn't get our tablet. We didn't even have a tablet. I know I sound old. But I, I am super, I have to say, if there's anything I could take away from everything, is that I'm super blessed to, to, to do the hiatus because one, it showed me my addiction. It showed me my addiction levels, which to me were embarrassing. Two, it showed me how I treated social media. I would definitely post all the things that I was doing like, people cared that much. And honestly, <laughs> after that hiatus, I started posting less. I was like, people don't give two shits about what you did on Sunday night. And just because they looked at it doesn't mean they cared. The algorithm made them look at it. <laughs> like, so it taught me about myself and how I treat social media, but it also taught me, like, it's just so much better just being in the moment.
0: So, I'll say this much about my social media consumption in public, specifically. If I am at a wedding and I'm at a table, I'm the only person I know at the table. Mm Mm-hmm. You know how you could be in one of those awkward groups where, like, how did I get to this table? Right, like you're like, man, how did Am I get the leftover?
1: No, seriously, <laughs> like, how, did
0: how did y'all set this up to whereas I'm next to people that I don't know? This is ridiculous. They
1: wanted you to get new friends, and it, it, in those
0: instances, maybe I search for some content because we don't have very much in common aside from those two people who are getting married. Where I search for content that I could potentially use as bait to have a conversation oh really yeah and that is a way that i work yeah that is a way that i use social to my benefit and what i think about like the educational side of it as well i've recognized that i can use it as a tool to you know social distance myself away from people but at the same time i could be educating somebody if i don't Use the use it as a barrier, in other words.
1: But a lot of people use it as a security blanket and they I know, don't use it as a tool to interact, you know? And then I think the other part
0: of it is when I'm in a space normally where I'm meeting new people, I am invested in getting to know the new people most of the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: In the instance that I brought up around a wedding, it could it could go the other way where it's just like, wait, why am I talking to you aside from proximity? <laughs> Like, so, I said all that to say, now, the only thing that I'm afraid of with having the device, or when I say device, I just mean my cell phone. Whenever I have my cell phone, I am just afraid of pulling my phone out and somebody assuming I'm going to, you know, go into it. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I just lay my phone on the table and it goes off, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to, like, pick it up. But it does mean that I'm aware that something just took place. But if we're in the middle of like a real discussion, my attention's on you. You have my undivided attention unless there is an emergency 911 on that screen. And I think that's what I'm missing when I hear people who are younger than the age of 25 talk about stuff. Even if it's on a date. They're on a date and they're like, ah, device is out.
1: Oh, to me that's a so, that's a total sign of disrespect like if if I'm on a date and the person has their phone up, I don't care
0: even if it's business
1: if what's business?
0: What if they just what if they just have their phone up and they're just like checking work email
1: That's the thing I don't know what you're doing
0: That's true okay so it's,
1: it's coming off to me like you're not interested as opposed to you are handling business because the same way it looks when you handle business is the same way it looks when you're scrolling on Instagram. You know, from my view, right? Now, unless you make it apparent to me of what you're doing, okay, cool. But I like when I go on a date and a guy doesn't even have his phone on the table.
0: Oh, damn! Now,
1: that pro tip, that is the levels of, wow, I'm talking about. Like, you don't even have your phone on the table. Or it's on the table, but it's, like, in the middle of the table. Like I've gone on dates where we both put our phones on top of each other, and do as you, a sign of respect, like a mutual respect, like.
0: Do you take away from that that not only does the guy not care, but he's just distracted and doesn't want to be there, or do you just take away from it that his priority is just the phone and it's not you?
1: All of the above. Damn! Alex, I'll I'll take a all the above for three hundred.
0: <laughs> okay, and then again, you don't have to answer this. Are we considering the dating app social media?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think it can be.
0: If LinkedIn is I social media. I think it media, can be because you're literally. If, link, if LinkedIn is social media.
1: Dating apps should be social media because you're literally on the app to be social.
0: Okay, great. So if that's our starting point, I just wanted to make sure before I say something else.
1: What were you going to say? Okay,
0: so if the dating apps is social media and you and that person meet via the dating app. I just want to understand what you expect their consumption to be when you met them off of a certain app. Like, are you, if you see a notification come up on the screen that says, oh, this person liked them from said app, are you bothered by that knowing you met them on the same app?
1: I mean, I would think that if you're just an adult, you assume that if you're meeting someone off of an app, you're not the only person they're meeting. <laughs>
0: so you don't mind that.
1: I I can't mind what someone else does. Like if someone else liked you on the app that we met on, and we aren't anything to each other yet, first date, second date, I don't have the leeway to be like, why did, why is such and such? Why are you your way picture? Way Like, That's the thing. Now if your phone is in clear view where I can see all the activities, all the notifications, I'm like, okay, that's distracting. Because, like I said, I'm a person that doesn't really do notifications like that. I do it for very, like, I barely do notifications. So if I see all these notifications popping up, and it could literally just be WhatsApp in the boys' chat. But if there's 15 guys in the boys' chat and they're all responding at the same time, yeah, from my view, it's going to look like a girl's trying to hit you up. You know, so it's just like, I can't put, you know, I can't put judgment on some a situation I'm not sure of, but because I'm unsure of it, I'm going to wonder. <laughs> I'm going to wonder. <laughs> All the activity in your piss zone. Okay, Why? then my
0: last question on the dating part of it is, if you start you become you get into a serious relationship based on you meeting somebody off one of the apps and that person still has the app on their phone, is that I've is never, that a deal breaker? I've
1: never even gotten that far with someone where I actually knew that the app was on their phone and I feel like we're headed down a certain no. way. Like, I've never.
0: The, the, the only reason I'm asking you this is because I feel like that's how, like, wired people are to social media. Hmm. Like, although that's a dating app, some people wouldn't even want to delete it just because it's just a part of their social. Like, mm-hmm. It's just
1: a general. I see taking guys on on these apps. I've seen taking guys i've seen taking guys on these dating apps before people that i knew were in a relationship okay
0: but couldn't that just be about the quote-unquote addiction to social media and less about them trying to attract another person
1: it could be see all the above you gotta because you know why you know why because at the end of the day social media is about attention that's really what it's about. It doesn't matter what platform you are on. The main goal is attention. And even they said it in the doc. The point of these apps is so that you are wired and attentive to them. Now, the 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 small, smaller world of it is, while you're on these apps, who are you paying attention to? Mm-hmm. Everyone, we are the product. We are the attention seekers. We are. Fact. Every time you post a comment on Twitter, you want someone to read that shit. You want to be retweeted a trillion times you 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 live for those moments. If you post a picture, there's a certain amount of likes you have in your head. and if it doesn't meet those likes based off of what you're used to, you're gonna be like, well, that was a dub. Like you know so all these all these different things lead to um wanting attention and for a dating app, especially. I would like to think that a taken man is only on the app just to see if he can pull someone and not actually pull them. I would hope that's the only reason he's on the app as opposed to doing something on the side without his girlfriend knowing. But who knows? Who knows what anyone's intentions are?
0: My last question for you, and this goes back to the social dilemma. um, What was, if there is anything from the docs, did you feel like was the most heinous thing or negative thing that you saw while watching?
1: That I saw?
0: Yeah, like anything that you took away where you're just like, what the... <laughs> I can tell you what my what the F moment is.
1: Tell me. Maybe I can figure my... My
0: idea, but... what the F moment is what Google search bar does. Like, what they do with the search engine and manipulating the searching the search results based on where you're oh, at. Oh, yes. That yes. is yes. awful. That when is you're
1: starting to type something in while you're searching, uh-huh. and based off of the what recommend- you normally look for, yes. it'll show you certain things, and then everything's catered to you. Awful.
0: That is awful.
1: Because you feel like Google's off-limits, right?
0: No, you- no. I believe Google is a part of the machine. It's awful, too. Google has all of your information. It doesn't matter if you watch something or click on something whether you're incognito or not they know everything single thing that you have and they have archives of your data stored and stacked away and the government can tap into them when they want apple also has hordes and hordes of your data except apple quote unquote doesn't allow the government to get to your data that is like literally the only difference but google is like in it
1: yeah because i can type the word black in google and Man will come up for me, but market will come up for somebody else <laughs> based off of what we look look at or that's awful
0: are. that is absolutely awful to me. I think the other thing that I guess kind of sticks out to me is the idea that the guy who's working for gmail and was saying, Hey, oh
2: yeah,
0: how do we curve the appetite for making people want to engage Check
2: with their it. email yeah mm
0: mm-hmm. And it got all the way up to the CEO. It felt like momentum. And then they pulled the rug Nothing from underneath it. What the buck? Don't act like you care. And then you pull the rug. Why did you fake like you cared? It reminds me of all of the uh, Oh my god. I don't I don't I don't like doing this, but I am gonna I'm gonna say it anyway. The performative wokeness that we saw when the George Floyd stuff took place,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you're acting. You guys are acting. Oh, let's let's paint Black Lives Matter on the street.
1: <laughs> that was the voice that made
0: oh, when they did it. Too. <laughs> oh. uh, let me talk about how I'm here for all of our black employees. Let's talk about allyship. Let's talk, let's talk about Alex. Why shit. do you sound like you're
2: 85? <laughs> like, I, I hate
0: that because I know it's bullshit. Mm. I know it's bullshit. You should
1: read right through it.
0: Yes. Because within not even a year, when this conversation is long, longer being had, you're not going to actually execute against what you said you were. It's been proven. History has proven this.
1: I definitely agree with you about um, the CEO bit with Google because it definitely seemed like something was going to transpire after that, and then it didn't. But I wasn't surprised by it. (laughs) At the end of the day, any company wants their consumer to use them more than what they're doing right now. They want to be the top of the top. So the last thing they're going to be focused on is how can we have the consumer be focused on us less so they can have a nice, well-rounded, balanced life? No one's saying that. Nobody wants that. They want to be used the most. They want to be needed the most. It's like a drug. It is a drug. You know? Um, I think that is... uh, That's all very disturbing. There was a quote that someone said, and I think this is the most disturbing thing for me, and it's not anything crazy, but just thinking about it is crazy for me. They said, technology is simultaneous utopia and dystopia. That's it. Period. And I think that's why... That stood out to me because it's true. You have all these great things about social media, right? I can tell you, I found, if it wasn't for Facebook, as much as I'm like, eh, I'm not on it, there was a period of time where I was on it. And if it wasn't for Facebook, I would have never reconnected with my biological dad's side of the family that I hadn't seen in 25 years. Because somehow, some way, one of them, I guess, looked for me, found me and uh messaged messaged me and then I found all this family that I forgot I had or didn't know I had and I actually reconnected with my cousins that I hadn't seen in 25 years when I went back to Chicago one year and so that was all Facebook my freaking kindergarten teacher found me on Facebook and messaged me and told me about how I was the cutest little girl. This is not a plug or anything. But she literally said, <laughs> I was the cutest little girl. And she always loved how I dressed. Thanks to mom. Shout out to my mom. And if she ever had kids and she ended up having six. She would want to dress them the way my mom dressed me. Like I remember this message like it's like yesterday. Because I'm like, where are the odds that my kindergarten teacher, Ms. Rowland, would find me on Facebook?
0: I think that that's interesting. So you pivoted into the good. And I think that's one thing that I don't think the documentary really dove they into. They
1: touched on it lightly. They did in the beginning. I in the beginning, it. it was like I one sentence. It. But the rest of it was just like, no, no, no. But that's the thing. It's just like all these things that transpired from me being on social media, Um, at the same token, those are the reasons why I can't get off. And so that is the dystopia of it all. It's like, those good reasons are the reason why I can't get off. They're the reasons why I could become more addicted. That's the dystopia of it. And so it's just like when you recognize that you like what could overrun your life if you let it, that's where you really have to take a, a hard look at yourself and be like, okay, wh- how do I want to treat this? And now it's up to me. I, I, you know?
0: You know how I was just talking about performative wokeness, that with, with, which is what brands were doing. Well, on the flip side, the the positive thing what social media does is it gives an opportunity to underrepresented underrepresented minority groups to share their experiences in real time with people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, for instance, if you get pulled over,
1: Facebook Live that.
0: Well honestly,
1: because we don't have body cams to show what really goes I, right. on. Right, <laughs> IG
0: Live it, whatever Live it, like put that out. Let the world see exactly what takes place. We Mm -hmm. did not have this in real time where you can share exactly what you were experiencing so the world can feel you. Mm -hmm. George Floyd is a perfect example of how and the reach of social media, like that video takes place in a small state in the United States and that goes global because of social media
1: and the pandemic.
0: But social media is where... Like, if there's no social media, that does not go as far as it goes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That That's the power of it. Now, it can be used for the wrong thing, as we talked about. Everything from disinformation to cancel culture, where you cancel somebody because they did something when they were 12, which is <laughs> ridiculous.
1: Get over it.
0: But there are instances where, again... An underrepresented group can highlight, hey, you guys shouldn't be talking like this about us or you guys should not think that this is normal. Stop normalizing things or feeling as if the standard in which things have been for so many years is okay because it's not. And social media gives those people a voice. I'm here for that shit. Give me more of that. That shit is dopamine for me. When I hear somebody who's non-binary speak up on behalf of other people that are the same way, I'm like, fuck yeah, speak your truth. Nobody should be able to box you into any gender. And stop that bullshit gender reveal stuff, too. Y'all have burned up every goddamn thing out here. I just wanted to throw that out there, too.
1: Y'all done burned up half
0: of goddamn California. What the are y'all doing? I'm still mad about
1: Daddy's it. Daddy's happy. Daddy's happy. It's <laughs> a boy.
0: <laughs> what are y'all doing? Well, shit. Anyway, in my closing statements on this, I do believe that the social dilemma is something that everybody should actually take a look at. I do think it is very one-sided and it is uh, it is a villainous account of hey. what social media is about. Okay. I do believe that the social media companies in itself do have a responsibility to, one, ensure that the platform is safe for everyone who uses it facebook <clears throat> i mean all of them you could do you could say that on anyone yeah but it.
1: look it's election year facebook wasn't really kosher four years ago so <laughs> i'm need y'all to straighten up and fly right this year
0: and i think uh <laughs> and outside of like the, the accountability aspect of this i think a, a bigger thing is we as people have to hold one another accountable for our actions and the way that we do things It is not just on these social platforms. If people are saying racist things, it's not the platform that is the reason why you're saying racist things. You have that in you. You have the racism in you. And if you liked what that racist person said, that's you just being racist. Just own it. Racist like racist. Okay, cool. Hang your little racist little (laughs) cool. Anyway... Um, And I think the final thing I was going to say about this, and I want to hand it over to you so you can give your closing remarks, is if you yourself are on any social platform and you don't believe that you can either deactivate or take yourself away from it, then you might be addicted to it. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I would say you should seek some form of mental therapy to get over this because it is not something that you should have to look at when you first wake up. The first thing you do in the morning should not be what's happening on my IG. It shouldn't. <laughs> it absolutely should not be the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning. Guilty. Anyway, go for it.
1: Um, I just, the only thing that I really want to touch on is the responsibility portion. Uh, like I said, this social media relationship is a two way street. There's certain social media um, platforms that need to take more responsibility for what is being shown. And that's just a fact. It's not just a free for all. That's very harmful to our community. It's harmful to election year, like I said. It's harmful to the actual real news that's actually happening. It's harmful to us as consumers not knowing how to digest something if we don't know if it's real. Um, And I just think that they need to step up. They all need to step up. I know I mentioned one social media platform, but they all need to step up. And the fact that they have this leverage of all this information, I would like them to use it for good. If it means more people coming back to your site, fine. But don't sit there and act like you are not helping perpetuate the, the... the notion that there is this fake news clouding our judgment and we are letting it because you guys are letting it. Bars. So I'll give you that. That is that. that. Now as far as our responsibility to Law's point it is an addicting thing. And yes I do wake up and get on Instagram. I recognize this about myself. (laughs) But when I see that I've been on Instagram for an hour I usually get off. Um, so it's a balance It is a true balance. We need to take responsibility for ourselves and realize when we need to protect our mental health. So if you see that everyone is living their life a certain way and you don't feel like you've made it yet, or you feel like everyone is having the best life, but you, maybe it is time to log off, do what's best for you. But at the end of the day, realize your strengths and realize your weaknesses. And when your weaknesses are taking over your strengths, do something about it. Um, we can't blame these platforms for running our lives. We run our life. <laughs> these platforms are here to distract us. That's really what they are here to do. Now, whether they just distract us with good information or bad information, they are there to distract us. So, watch the documentary and come to your own conclusion. <laughs>
0: And just like that, it's been fun. You can catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, pretty much any of your social platforms that you want to listen to us on.
1: Instagram. (laughs) You know, I can. Good night. Bye.